I know this episode, I said we were doing a Q&A on the NBA Cypher. I asked you the question, who was better? Prime Russ versus Prime D-Rose. We're going to get into that in a moment. But let's talk about Cap and what he should or shouldn't do. Or more importantly, what he wants to do. That starts now. It's been eight years since Colin Kaepernick became the Niners starter. Four years since the last time he actually played in an NFL game. If Colin Kaepernick truly still wants to play football and the NFL sincerely gives him a real opportunity, there's no doubt in my mind when I look at the 31 backup quarterbacks currently in in the NFL, even with the four-year layoff, At only age 31, with his athleticism, with his strong arm, he is better than any option coming off any team's bench. One last take on the Kaepernick situation. I applaud all the players for finding their voices. And for getting involved in not just the movement that's going on in the country, but for the support and the love they're showing Colin Kaepernick. The fact that some of them are demanding that he get a true opportunity. Whether he decides to take it up on the NFL or not, if it's offered to him, I'm loving the support and the feeling of family and the way they've galvanized around this issue. My problem is... Where were you when he lost his job? Where were you in 2017, 2018, 2019? It's 2020. And you just found your voices? In 2020 now, you found a way to gather together and suddenly y'all become District 12 from the Hunger Games. You're united. Showing him support now is great. But it would have meant so much more when he was four years younger and he needed you. So the matchup that I dropped last episode was Russell Westbrook, Prime Russ versus Prime D. Rose. Who you got? And here are some of your responses. The one from New York. He said, sad thing is, we never saw D. Rose in his prime. I'll agree with that. Because Rose came on the scene. And before you knew it, the youngest MVP ever. That's true. We never saw him in his prime. Kevy says, D. Rose is probably the most unique point guard We've seen the last 20 years. With the way he moved, it was very hard for players to defend him because he could change pace at such a high speed. He was also a great two-way player, and he could slash to the basket on a Dwayne Wade level. That's a lot of props. I agree with a lot of that. 
I disagree with the part that he was a great two-way player. D. Rose, the D was not for defense. He did not play defense. He was not a good defender. Rajon Rondo is not an incredible explosive scoring point guard, but what forever reason, when he matched up with Derrick Rose, you would have thought he was Derrick Rose because he used to light D. Rose up for buckets, and that's not what he does. King Bree. I got D. Rose. He has more body control, and he's a better leader than Russ. I can't really say that. What I can say is this. He was the best player on the Bulls, so I can't debate that. But I wouldn't say he was the leader of the Bulls. I would say that their uncourt leader of that team, when you think about that squad, that would have the biggest voice would have been Coach Tibbs. And then right behind him, I think more players look to Noah and maybe even Luau Dang for leadership. But there's no question D. Rose was the best player. Reese says, before D. Rose got injured, he wasn't even in his prime. Let that sink in. I'll take Derek over Russ because he was more finesse, because he had the ability to change directions in a way that Russ never could do. What I'll say to that, Reese, is this. Yes, I actually agree. When you match them up, Right off the bat, both explosive, both incredibly quick end-to-end. But if I think there's a couple of things that D-Rose did that Russ at least couldn't do on his level, it was D-Rose's ability to change directions and his body control. But when you really get down to brass tacks, I'm just talking about numbers, shooting percentages, and where they both was most effective from, they're almost identical, except... Russ is better in the post because he had the ability to post up. He's bigger, more physical, just a stronger basketball player. Game Wiz says D Rose was the better player. Even though Russ went on to have a longer career, D Rose was more special. He was unique. If Derrick Rose isn't injured, I believe he would have won at least three or four rings. Wiz, this is what I'll say. I I think D. Rose was on the upward swing. He was 22, and he was on the rise, and he could have very well went on to win multiple championships. But I can only go off of what I saw. He was the best player on the team with the best record in the league, which is why he won the MVP. To be clear, he was not the best player in basketball. He lost to the best player in basketball in the conference finals in five games. Wavy one says, I'll go with Russ. And it has nothing to do with D-Rose getting injured. It's just that when you watch Russ and how he played, he played every night, night in, night out, like it was his last game. Rose may be a little bit more polished, but I don't think anyone ever had the heart of Russell Westbrook. Look, there's a reason Russ was the late Kobe Bryant's favorite player. Rest in peace, Kobe. Russell Westbrook is the most relentless player I've ever seen. I'm a huge Russell Westbrook fan. I'm a huge Derrick Rose fan. I'm one of those people. When me and my friends are talking ball, 
and we're debating players. And they're telling me, D. Rose is finished. This is a couple of years back. And I'm telling them, if he's healthy, he can reinvent himself. He will help somebody else out, maybe in a lesser role, but he's not done. I rode with D. Rose, and he proved me right. I think Derrick Rose is still young enough that his second half of his career, if he can get on a contender, it can have an amazing finish. Derrick Rose can alter himself. He can embrace this new role and become someone on the level of, say, Lou Williams or Jamal Crawford. He Maybe he does it in a different way, but he can be one of the great six men in NBA history. That, I believe. Jace says, they're both assassins, but I'll take D-Rolls all day, every day. Jose says, if D-Rolls is playing in the 2012 finals with Oklahoma City instead of Russ, Miami's not winning no title. Laker girl Lisa says, D. Rose is just a better team player, whereas all Russell Westbrook does is hunt for numbers. He's a selfish player. He's more about him versus his team. I would say in the latter years, minus Durant, that might be a fair claim to some extent. I'm not even going to front. But with Durant there, even if you want to say Russ was more of a score first point guard, nobody would argue that. Guess what? Derrick Rose was a shooting point guard. He was a score first point guard. They're the same player. The only difference is, like I said before, are little nuances. I think Rose's ability to change directions. I think he had more wiggle in his handle. I think he had a tighter handle, but in terms of their impact, their explosiveness, how quick they could be on top of a defense, they're very similar. They might approach the game slightly differently, but to say that Russ is selfish, I'm not sure. He, I would not call Russell Westbrook selfish. Matter of fact, if anything, if, if Russ has a flaw, he might be overly confident. He has such a belief in himself no matter what the situation, whether he's shooting well or not, he is coming at you. He's coming for you 100% and then some. What I know for fact is this. If Derrick Rose doesn't get injured, he and Russell Westbrook both go into the Hall of Fame. That much I know. We can agree to disagree on which one is the better player. I happen to think Russ was as good or better than Derrick Rose in his MVP season. I really believe that. I made that argument back then. But I think they're both great players. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Derrick Rose wasn't deserving of that MVP. He won it fair and square. But I think Russ... I think Russ was a great player long before he became an MVP. And if you look look and you believe in numbers, if numbers if numbers carry any weight with you, 
And they're not everything to me. They're a factor, but they're not everything. Russell Westbrook has six or seven seasons better than Derrick Rose's MVP season. If you notice a theme with this episode, it's the fact that most of this was recorded in my garage with my pities because I like to take them wherever I go. And I went into the garage to get some quiet and get away from my kids. But to take them with me, I had to put on the air conditioner because they both get hot very fast. That said, yes, all of us NBA fans should be excited to a degree about the restart, provided there are no issues, which I'll get to that later. But when you look out West, nothing has changed. Two best teams in the league, at least the two best teams in the West, Clippers, Lakers, those are your favorites. The one dark horse that could interrupt that party, I think it's either going to be the Houston Rockets and maybe the Denver Nuggets. And Houston, I think, can strike fear into either one of those rosters. Remember, no home court advantage. This is just about a bunch of guys, five guys, balling with a ref. I think in that situation, Russell Westbrook and James Harden could thrive. When I look out east, I understand how the Bucks did prior to the pandemic and why they were the number one seed, deservedly so. But now this is a different situation. This is going to be a different atmosphere for them. And when I look at that roster top to bottom, they have size. They have depth. What they don't have, they don't have what the Celtics have. The Celtics with Jalen Brown, with Jason Tatum, with Marcus Smart, with Kimba Walker, with Gordon Hayward. They have five guys that can put the ball on the deck. They've got four guys that can put it on the deck and shoot it at an elite level. That's something the Bucs don't have. Also, throw in the defending champions. Stop sleeping on the Raptors. Siakam is on the rise. He's not a superstar yet, but he's, he's trending towards becoming one. And when I look at Norman Powell, and how great he's been coming off the bench, averaging over 16 points a game, 40% from three. And then you've got shot makers like Cal Lowry and Van Fleet. This team, they're loaded. They're balanced and they have depth. I understand favoring the Bucks because I still think Giannis is the best player. But this is a team sport. It's a different atmosphere. I think the two scariest teams in the East are the Celtics and the Raptors. This is from Adrian Wojnarowski. Executives and coaches around the NBA have had significant concerns about how players will adapt to an environment unlike any they've experienced and how those hurdles could impact the sustained competitive drive for teams. Many have worried too, especially on teams that aren't title contenders, whether some players will start to seek avenues to bypass the resumption altogether. 
And look, you can't blame them. You're putting him in a situation unlike anything they've ever experienced. And you're taking them away from their families. With everything that's going on in the world. Not just what's been going on the last couple of weeks. But the pandemic itself. What if while you're in the bubble, a family member becomes ill? How are you going to be able to get get to them? Can you get to them with all the testing, with all the restrictions? I can understand why some players would be hesitant about restarting. And then even in this bubble, it's not like you can guarantee safety. We don't have an antidote. And they're not going to play full court basketball wearing masks. Even with testing, how can you guarantee someone won't test positive? And if one person tests positive and they was on the floor with nine other players, not to mention the people they share a bench with, how does that not spread? So I understand the player's concern. As a fan, yes, I want the NBA to return. I want all sports leagues to return even though I'm not watching the NFL and you know why but it has to be in conditions where you can make it as humanly safe as possible and I know there is no perfect and I've heard the saying perfect is the enemy of the good but now you're talking about life and death and I would tell the NBA's powers that be as much as we would like to see those guys finish this season off and as much as we would like to see a great playoff and ultimately a great NBA Finals, I'd much rather everyone be safe. Next episode, we're going to talk potential trade scenarios in the offseason. If you're Golden State, would you trade Clay Thompson, and other assets to acquire Giannis. Thanks for the support. It's the Cypher. Next time.